Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chid Jacob. And here this morning, with excitement deep within my spirit, to share today's episode, to fellowship with you in light, in the spirit. Don't forget, our fellowship is in the spirit, because what we feed on are the words that come from the spirit. And of course, you know, like we read in Genesis yesterday, the spirit of God hovers over the surface, and then what comes? Light comes into us. Blessed be the name of of the Lord. I'm glad. I hope you listened to yesterday's message to tell you that God knows what he's doing. When you open the Bible, the first three verses summarizes the whole thing, summarizes the story of man. The first chapter talks about creation. The, the, sorry, the first verse, uh, Genesis 1 verse 1 talks about creation. The second dispensation, the second verse talks about man's lost, how man got lost. The third verse talks about how man was redeemed and the redemption of man came by light. And every other thing that followed is just to flesh out the whole thing. So what does that tell you? God sets the end from where the beginning, even that reveals the nature of God, just like, you know, or confirms the nature of God. Who sets the end from the very beginning? Now, you know, many of this stuff I've said to you, I, sometimes I make some statements, then I go back and start lining it line by line by the scripture. That's what we're doing this week. In case you are still, you know, okay, this thing sounds good, but not, sir. It needs to enter you and stay. And I'm going to give you scriptures upon scriptures by the grace of God as the Holy Spirit gives me to confirm this. Now, the idea that we are one with God God in us, us in God, this morning, or maybe now tomorrow, I'm going to let you hear it directly from the mouth of Jesus himself, okay? I'm going to let you hear it from the mouth of Jesus himself. Don't forget, whatever Jesus said about himself applies to us because he was an example son, a prototype, a sample what God came to do in Christ is to show us sample of ourselves. The Bible said he's the first begotten, right? He's the firstborn of all creation. He came to show us the sample. So whatever we say, we see in him is who we are. Don't forget that. Don't forget that Jesus later down before he was crucified, called his disciples and told them, now I call you brothers. We are brothers. That means we share the same heritage. We share the same DNA because we share the same father. Praise God. And if you pay close attention to the teaching of Jesus, he spent most of his time trying to let the people understand that they share the same father. So he would say something like, my father and your father. He would say to them, pray, my father who, he was trying to help them on that, like bringing, like trying to bring you into the family, opening your eyes to see where you belong. So this morning, 
Of course, I will not have time to read all I want to read this morning. So I will take it pace by pace, verse by, by verse. Let's go to the book of John chapter 10, verse number 22. John chapter 10, verse number 22. I love this interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees. Because these are the people who believe they know God. They believe they, know, they knew God. They just they were convinced. But unfortunately, what they had was they didn't know it was portions. Now, they had something. Don't You cannot cancel that. They have something. And today is the same thing. There's a lot of people who have portions of portions of God and stuff like that. Yeah, but we cannot, we cannot. For us to come to the fullness of this whole thing, we have to come to full understanding of truth. Just like the scripture have been saying to us since Sunday. Amen and amen. So, John chapter 10, verse 22. I love this interaction. So, let's go. The time came to observe the winter feast of renewal in Jerusalem. Jesus walked into the temple area under Solomon's covered walkway. When the Jewish leaders encircled him and said, the Jewish leaders, don't forget, these are the this was supposed to be the, not supposed to be, they are the religious leaders of the day. The people who knew God, who were experts in knowing God, who were teaching people about God, right? Okay, now it says the Jewish leader encircled him and said, How much longer will you keep us in, a, keep us in suspense? Tell us the truth and clarify this for us once and for all. Are you really the Messiah, the anointed one? You see, don't forget, remember I told you, like the scripture we read also, I think on uh, on Tuesday also, he came to his own. His own did not know him. He came to, to the people who were supposed to know him and they did not know him. So these are the people who have preached that a Messiah was coming, a Messiah was going to come. They read it every Sabbath. Generation after generation have maintained the tradition. They were expecting a Messiah. Now the Messiah is here and they are asking him, Okay, why do you keep talking now? Tell us in plain language, right? Even though Jesus had told them in very many ways, right? But he's not telling us. They are not asking, okay, tell us plainly, like in a very plain language. Don't confuse or tell us, are you really the Messiah? So number one, this confirms to you here, right, that they were expecting the Messiah. Now, they are not really sure. So let's see the way Jesus answered them. Now, before I read that, before I read that, now, notice that when Nicodemus came to meet Jesus, right, Jesus spoke to him in parables. Why was that? The next chapter, chapter um, verse 4, right, Jesus met a woman by the well who was religious as well, right, but was not a leader, right? Jesus revealed himself directly to this woman but to the religious mind jesus spoke to them where he made them a little more confusing let them go and search today when i encounter people i see the same thing right i see that those who think that they know those who believe that they know god right the plain truth doesn't work for them the plain truth does not work for them so you speak to them in a way that pokes a hole to their foundation or whatever and let them go and think because most times if jesus just think about it like i was explaining yesterday 
Jesus pointed the religious man back to Genesis, right? Go back to Genesis. Go and take it from Genesis. You must be born again, right? But to that woman, he told that woman directly, I am the Messiah that you've been looking for. Think about that. Very important. These are the key truths that gives us clue, right? And today you can see it everywhere. Sit a pastor down, right? And try to explain to them. They start to argue, right? They start to argue. So what do you do? Okay. So I'm just pointing this out. This is something that you should take note of. Now, I don't want I don't want to keep going that way because of time. So let me come back to this portion this morning. So they told Jesus, says, Oh yeah, oh God, tell us the truth and clarify once and for all. Are you truly the Messiah, the anointed one? Okay, let's go. Jesus answered them, I have told you the truth already, and you did not believe me. It's not that he has not told them. Why is it that he's telling them they don't believe? It's because this Jesus did not look like the Messiah they were expecting. So even though he was telling them over and over and over again, many believers walk away from their miracles because it doesn't doesn't look that way. They're expecting something. And what they are looking for up there is right here in front of them and they walk away from it. Now, he said they didn't believe me. Now, the proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of the Father. Pause. Let me explain. You know, ever since I've been teaching, ever since I've been pastoring, ever since I've been studying the scripture, just listen to me very carefully, please. Ever since I've read, taught, preached, I've really never understood, right, the need for miracles and why miracles was essential and why Jesus was doing miracles. Remember I told you, it is when you gain the full understanding, then a lot of things will begin to make sense. I really never understood the, of course, I believe in miracles. I've seen them happen, right? But I really, don't forget, everything is supposed to be a message, right? A sign and a wonder. It's a sign to point to something. When Jesus put his hand on the blind man and their eyes open. It's a sign to point to something. It's a wonder because, of course, the people are amazed, right? But don't forget, everything is supposed to be a message. I really never got that message until a few days ago. Just from within me, the Holy Spirit began to explain. Let me tell you something. Miracles are necessary. Miracles are important. It is not something that it is not really out of need. Just understand me. It's not really out of need, right? That a man, a blind man needs to see. No, that is one of it. But the major thing is what it points to. Now, Jesus is talking about his identity here. He's saying to them, say, look, I have told you many times, but you don't want to believe. But you should know that even the miracles I do, don't forget He was not talking about just a man having power, right? Like we talk about today. Oh, this man is anointed. He's a miracle worker and stuff like that. No, he was using, he was tying miracles to his identity of being God and man on earth, right? Why is that important? Because that shows the mixture of divinity and humanity. Even though he was a man, right? He could do things that are beyond the abilities of man. 
He could do things that are beyond the ability of man. Don't forget, he was a human being standing in front of them. But he could lay his hand, right, on a blind man and his eyes opens up instantly. He could touch a leprous person and that leprous skin is cleansed instantly. He could touch a dead person and that person comes back to life. What is that? He said, if you don't want to believe that I am God in the, in the flesh, I am the essence of God. Why don't you believe because of the miracles? Why? Because the miracle shows, right, that this man, right, even though he's man, but he has something that is beyond a man, is to prove that, hey, man and God is one. Because now he's able to do things that man cannot do. That's why Jesus said to them, hey, if you cannot believe me by what I say in my mouth, the miracles I do, and what, what was he telling them? I am the son of God. That's what he was telling them, right? I'm the son of God. That means, in essence, I am God walking here on earth, right? If you don't believe me for that, why don't, if you don't believe me because I have said it in my mouth, why don't you believe because of the works that I do? What are the works? The miracles, right? And that miracles, and it will make sense why the miracles continued with people like Peter, right? A lame man, he said, but stand up and walk. That is supposed to prove that man, right, has advanced to the next stage, which means divinity. What is not possible to do by your physical power, by your physical thoughts, by your natural abilities, now it confirms that divinity and humanity have come to become one. Now, I will take another day to explain this. This also makes sense why we speak in tongues. This makes sense why we speak in tongues. This is a confirmation that something has happened to a man. Listen to me carefully. I'm not talking about the tongues that they learn. I'm talking about the tongues. If you listen to tongue speaking, like with those who have received that fullness, right? It's a food language. You can see that it's a food language. But what is amazing about this language is that the natural way a man learns a language is to learn the structure of the language. You have to understand the alphabets, the, the, the construction, the layout of the language. Then you start putting it in peace and you start to speak. So you have to learn it. When a man begins to, to speak in a language that is complete without learning it, that is supernatural. That is divine. It tells you that it opens this man up, right, to show that this man has ability that is beyond the natural. This natural man is becoming a supernatural man because he can speak in a language that he did not learn. He can speak in a language that wasn't his mother's tongue. So it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Now you can see that everything starts to add up. The sign it represents is to show that this human being is becoming a new creature because now he possesses abilities that is beyond a natural man. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Like I said, I will take more time to explain this in further details, but I'm just laying the foundation today why Jesus did miracles, why miracles is important. These things come to prove divinity and the humanity be missed in one. That's why Jesus told them, if you don't believe it because I said it, 
Why don't you believe it? Because of the miracles I do. And remember also, they understood it in part because when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said to Jesus, no man can do the works that you do except God is with that man. You get the point? So they were beginning to get it now because they have seen his work. They know that this work is supernatural. Even though Jesus was a physical man with them, but he was walking in the realm of the supernatural. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, let me read further. Jesus said, Yet you stumbly refuse to follow me because you are not my sheep. As I have told you before, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they will follow me. Look at what he says. I give to them the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. Eternal life. How many years did you stay in church? They told you that eternal life is something you're going to earn. When you have done everything good, right? Then God will reward you with eternal life. No, Jesus says, my sheep, I give them now. I give them at this point. Those who follow me, I give them now. Don't forget, the gift is not a reward. Eternal life is not a reward. Something God will use to reward you. After you have done all the things, suffered here on earth, dude, then finally he will reward you with eternal, eternal life. No, sir. It's a gift that we begin to experience right now. Hallelujah. Listen to this. He said, I give to them the gift of eternal life and, and they will never be lost. They will never be lost. Jesus says, I give them the gift of eternal life and they will never they will never be lost. Jesus says, you will never, I will never be lost. Jesus says, you will never be lost. Beloved, you can see how far we went away from the Bible. They gave us a temporary salvation. The one that you can get in the morning now. And then you lose it tomorrow evening. Right? Because you didn't greet your neighbor. Right? And because of, we could never come to our fullness because of the uncertainty. No, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never lose it. And look at what he says. And no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Jesus says, they will never be lost. And he says, and no one has the power to snatch me and you away from his hand. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Sir, we are as secured as we could ever be. It's just that we have, we, are, we never saw it and we are just beginning to see it now so that we can enjoy the fruit of it. Amen and amen. As if it was not good enough. Now, this is where I'm going. Don't forget, this portion that I say now is not part of the message this morning, but it's part of the scripture. So we got to look into it now. Jesus says, my father who has given them to me as a gift. Don't forget that Jesus was our example prototype. So when he says my father, like, Jesus' language ought to be my language. My father who has given them to me as his gift is the mightiest of all. And no one has the power to snatch them from my father's care. The father and I are one. The father and I are one. Now, look at why Jesus spoke to them the way he spoke to them. They forgot about everything Jesus has said. 
And they picked on this last one where he says, the father and I are one. Look at what they said. When they heard this, the Jewish leaders were so enraged that they picked up rocks to stone him to death. What did they hear that enraged them? My father and I are one. They forgot every other thing that he has explained. Once Jesus spoke about his unity, it's the same thing today. If I say my father and I, we are one. The religious man will ask you, so are you trying to say you are God? Are you trying to say you are equal to God? Mm -mm, no, I didn't say that. I said, no, my, my papa born me. If God is my father, if God created me in his image and likeness, if he has redeemed me in Christ, then in essence, we are one, right? We are one. We are one. There's no separation between me and God. Once Jesus said that, the Bible said they were so angry. They were so enraged. They picked up stones. They said, we, we, in fact, we have to kill him now. And they wanted to kill him on behalf of God. Don't, don't forget. They were trying to kill him on behalf of God. Now, I'm going to stop here because of time. This will get more interesting. Because don't forget, this. the reason I'm reading this portion of scripture this morning is to again tell you that we are one. Right? There's no separate. God is not somewhere else and you are somewhere else. No, no stop believing that. To believe that because you are now Christ on earth. As the Father and Christ, our example was one. So you and Father God are one. So me and Father God, we are one. One entity, no separation. Amen and amen. Now, we are going to read down more tomorrow. It can only get interesting because this issue of oneness is actually the context. It's actually the real test, the real message in this portion of the scripture. So let me stop here and I'll come back to you again tomorrow. And enjoy the food you've been served this morning. And please, by with grace and joy and peace in your heart, help me serve as many as you can. Don't forget that glory is here. And this morning, you have been served. Shalom.